What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised a Geek. This week, we keep up on the Ahsoka train and sort out our emotions following the newest episode. And Trailer Mania is here with the release of trailers for Aquaman 2, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and probably the most important trailer drop of the year, the Frasier reboot. So let's get into it. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Um, I'm good. Just having some tossed salad and scrambled eggs over here. <laughs> uh, why the two of those things went together? Still, nobody ever knows. No one can answer me what that has to do with anything. I think Kelsey Grammer was just like on some painkillers or something. And just Tossed made up words. And scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, that's the theme song of Frasier. Which you should know because <laughs> Frasier is one of like the like, all American great sitcoms of all time. But you got to think about it like Frasier was a uh, spinoff of Cheers, mm-hmm. which is even older. And yeah. like that was before our time, Cheers, even though it was still around, but it was kind of like dying away when we were young. Because I remember there being like Cheers and Seinfeld on at the same time or something like whatever. Yeah. Cheers ended in Cheers was in the eighties and ended in like 92, 92 or ninety-four, right. somewhere in there. Um, so it right. made it to the nineties and it was interesting. I actually just watched not too long ago, like the last two seasons of Cheers, because it was on Paramount, just like yeah. the live channel. So I put it on and watching early nineties sitcom was kind of crazy. I was like, man, so much of this stuff you can't say anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it's like Cheers was an old show to us. So like Frasier. Yeah. Frasier's an old show, I'm sure, to like the new generation where it's like they have no idea what the hell Frasier is. Frasier is like their mash, like to us when it comes on, like, what the hell is this? Something from the olden days. Frasier, what the hell? I don't know. What was funny is you say that is it was every night on Fox, you'd watch, it'd be like Simpsons at 10. Mm -hmm. It'd be like two episodes of The Simpsons at 10 or Simpsons and something. Then it was like Frasier. And then MASH would come on and be like, time to go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> I'd see that opening and it was always like, oh, time for bed. You're like, oh, yeah, that's my alarm clock to go to sleep. That's my reverse alarm clock. That means it's bedtime. <laughs> the MASH theme song. Yeah, I don't watch MASH. I turn no, it no, off no. with Frasier. But for whatever reason, as a high schooler, I couldn't go to bed without watching two episodes of Frasier. <laughs> so uh, I. That, uh, psychiatry, smart humor. That was like the first smart humor show they said. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah smart writing big words but still funny and you watch it and you feel like you're smart like then big bang theory happened and that did it for people then later like hmm, intelligence nerdy but funny yeah um that yeah that was a little bit more nerdy than smart mm-hmm. like they were more like pop culture geeky than sure. smart like Frasier was very sophisticated humor and some of it was real gentle, but hilarious. And then it had the three's company feel of just chaos. <laughs> it's, it's high quality. And I can tell you right now, and I rewatched the Frasier trailer. I have all the trailers we're going to talk about. I didn't rewatch any of the other ones, but I watched Frasier trailer like twice. And I was like, man, I'm really ready for some more Frasier Crane. I never knew the show. I didn't know it was actually made. I knew they kept talking about it, but I didn't know it was made. And now in a couple of weeks, I get to watch more Frasier. I knew that it was getting made and I wasn't sure what the premise was going to be. And you kind of got the premise from the show. It looks like they're going to change some things. Mm-hmm. Like he's in a new city. Obviously his son is older. Like Frederick's a man now. Remember little boy Frederick? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that episode where he was all punk rock. 
or goth. <laughs> My funniest Frederick moment was we're talking about Frazier, by the way. <laughs> um, for real, like we didn't know if it would, but uh, when Frederick saw like Daphne in the shower, do you remember mm-hmm. that one? Mm-hmm. And then he ran out of the room and she came out yelling, like, he he peeped at me in the shower, and he was like, All I saw was, and Frazier was like, Frederick, stop. And now was like, let the boy speak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because he was a pervert for Daphne. Get yeah, it? He was. I get it. <laughs> but if you weren't smart, you didn't get it. Frazier. Stuff. The sitcom for people who think they're smart. Yes. I agree with that. Or at least pretentious. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. I'm excited for more. I it always Kelsey Grammer is great all sure. the time. And he has great comedic timing, and the idea of like a third phase of that character's life is kind of cool. So, also underrated as the Beast, like people. I really wish he would have gotten an actual opportunity to do that. Yeah, like he was in the worst X Men movie. All right, but he looked great. He sounded right for the character. Like clearly too old to be doing it, but even then, but just come on, like Kelsey Grammer's voice coming out of the Beast, and he's all like professional and professor like the beast is and that was great if you told me that the character of beast mm-hmm. was developed and inspired by fraser crane i would 100 percent believe you <laughs> you could believe that <laughs> i could 100 percent believe that they created that character in response to that and i think the timelines i think fraser crane probably existed first so i don't remember well beast x-men are kind of old yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're going probably. back to you're wrong but, about that. but 90s like animal beast yeah possibly that could be like, blue like for cartoon be, yeah. that could have been they could have easily told that voice actor just be fraser crane indubitably it's it's true so we tied it back we tied it back to to comics and stuff okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so super pumped for that we got so much more to talk about this time including spoilers a great episode of Ahsoka that I can't wait to talk about. A couple more trailers we want to talk about before we do. You want to make sure you don't miss anything. So you're going to need to like, subscribe, and follow this channel wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your social media, at Raise the Geek. We are everywhere. We're on YouTube so you can see us and we can wave at you. Uh, Hi. (laughs) Uh, So definitely check us out everywhere there is to be checked out. And we're always looking for those five-star reviews. So hook us up. And if you want to just write us a long-form letter, raisethegeek at gmail.com. We are always down for some correspondence. Trailer Mania. Trailer Mania. We talked about the best one, which was the Frasier reboot already. And anybody Mm -hmm. who who survived that conversation is here. We're going to talk about Aquaman 2 trailer. The Mm. end of the Snyderverse question mark. Um. I'm convinced. I'm convinced it's never going to end. But go no, on. It's never going to end. What um, what do you think, man? I know. See, this is weird because you never watched Aquaman one, so I can I can imagine your interest in this movie being exceptionally low, because you didn't weren't interested in the first one. But just curious, what you thought of like this movie? We've talked several times about DC and they're kind of just where they are. They're flailing of 2023, where everything's flopping and the movies really aren't that good. I'm curious, what'd you think of the trailer for Aquaman 2? Uh, I mean, eh, uh, I don't know. It was colorful. Looked loud. Looked like a lot of stuff on screen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like you kind of said, I'm not really 
thinking I'm going to prioritize this movie just because I haven't even ever seen the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, Aquaman to me is a character that I'm happy when people like him. Like I'm happy. We talked about a few episodes ago about the new 52 and how Jeff Johns was writing Aquaman. And even Mm -hmm. in that trailer talking about like, he's a lesser known, like kind of laughed at scoffed at character for years. But then the movie did kind of give him respect. Like, I give the first movie its flowers for making a bunch of money. People went and saw it. I think Jason Momoa being in it helped. Uh, people like him. He's kind of an enigmatic, enigmatic, whatever that word is, person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just was never interested. So, I mean, this trailer looked all right. I mean, I'm sure there's some spoilers in there because I haven't seen the first one. I know that, like. The one dude, I can't think of his name. Who's the other guy um, who was in Watchmen also? Uh, he's in the Insidious movies, right? Yeah. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson. I was yeah. going to say Jason Patrick, but I know yeah. that's a dude from Speed 2 Cruise Control. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about that yet. That's next week. It um, should be next week now that we're saying it out loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see he's in it and has like, so I'm sure his character went through some stuff in the first one and I can obviously tell the black manta is still around and yeah now aquaman's king of the underwater i don't know it look it just i don't know it's just like a to me just kind of a generic superhero trailer it's kind of what it looked like i can still tell they can't get underwater stuff completely right <laughs> it still always kind of looks weird um but to me it also did in black panther and it also does in like the avatar movie underwater stuff so um i don't know man i'm just kind of eh like no thumbs up no thumbs down just kind of sideways for me yeah um and and with dc's recent track record i'm really not finding it hard to be excited for anything from them at the moment so i don't know um we'll see how about you i know you've you probably have a different outlook because you saw the first one so i went and saw the first one in theaters i've never had the urge to ever watch it again um the best part of that movie was the octopus playing drums. And I didn't see that happening in this one. So no octopus <laughs> playing drums, no Chris, but um, it looked fun. It looked epic, which I can say even the flash, which should have looked epic, didn't look as epic as Aquaman two does. So, I mean, out of all of the DC movies that came out this year, why Aquaman two is the one that looks like that massive and epic is beyond me. Um, I do like water movies. Um, that's been documented on, many you're times. On, you're on record of saying that. Yes. Many times. Wow. I like movies that have to do with water. Waterworld, you know, being up there in just kind of classicness. But, um, I I mean, I'd, like you said, it's just CGI punching and explosions. Like, I'd, I'm not in a rush to go see it. Um, the James Wan of it is always, I think that's what kind of got me to go see the first one was just James Wan doing a superhero movie. And I really think it paid off because he has a style that's just really great and he's just an amazing director. So to see him with like a larger scale budget than he usually does with his little horror movies was really kind of cool. Um, so him once again, kind of being the leader that, you know, in, in the the director's seat for this one is tempting. So, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit more interested in seeing it, whether or not it's like a day one or even a theater thing. I won't know until December gets here. Okay, <clears throat> cool. I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. I'm not saying I'll never see it, and I'm not saying I'll never watch Aquaman 1. It's just not high on my priority list. 
And like the other big thing I think that is just killing this movie or any kind of momentum this movie might get is the same thing that happened to Shazam 2 and The Flash mm-hmm. and Blue Beetle. It's like people are still very confused about what is going on in the DC movie world. Like we're going to look back at this stretch of time and wonder like was the James Gunn announcement like really really bad timing like could they have waited could they have not said anything for a little while he could have just been working behind the scenes and let these movies come out and still not not tell people a year ago that you're rebooting everything okay you tell everybody you're rebooting everything and you're recasting this and henry cavill's not coming back and we're gonna do another batman and <clears throat> here's my list of things i'm gonna do mm-hmm. and then you still come out with aquaman 2 starring jason momoa and you still come out with the flash starring ezra miller and Shazam. And Shazam with all the same cast. And <clears throat> it just kind of has put this confusion, you know, that are you rebooting or are you not? Oh, is it just a money thing? Like these movies were already in the pipeline? Because if you were just going to reboot, you could have just start from the announcement and build from there. Now we've had four movies that are just like these limbo movies. And this is one of them too. So it's like, what am I going to go see this for? Like, where is this going to go? What's it going to lead to? Nothing. Just is this, I don't know. And what's even worse is the fact that they've already said that like they could make a third one with Jason Momoa. So like, they've already said we can finish the Aquaman trilogy. Like James Wan has said it. And like, it's already been kind of out there. So then you're like, what the hell? Like, so Jason Momoa is good enough for you guys, but not Henry Cavill. Like make that. What's the sense? Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense it doesn't make sense you know yeah why couldn't they just even if they want to say anything about james gunn say hey we have james gunn looking to direct our next superman movie we'll give you more details once we get through next year and have james gunn working quietly and then first of the year next year he steps out and says this is what we're doing this is what i've been working on all year he could have teased it all year and built up the hype for it and get us all pumped for it and then come january of 2025 or 2024 after all of these movies are done He's like, bam, this is what we're doing. Starting next year, Superman Legacy, which I am directing. Here is our new Superman. Here's our new Lois Lane. Like, throw all of that shit at us on the 1st of January and have us all lose our minds. But instead, they gave it to us last year, or was it earlier this year? I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, I think not either. Was, Whenever yeah. they did it, it was it was before Shazam, which mm-hmm. Shazam was in, like, March. So it was they still had four movies to do this year, so it was earlier this year. Where he basically was telling you none of these movies matter. So then, yeah, and w- the people showed that they didn't matter because they didn't show up for any of them. So I mean, Aquaman, I do feel like this one's going to make them money. Like I said, it looks huge. People do love Jason Momoa, as you said. They love character. Uh, James Wan says directing Fast and the Furious Seven. He learned all about family and made this movie about family. <laughs> That's a hundred percent a quote. Um, okay, that he said. So he was like, he knew what he was doing after doing Fast and the Furious Seven, how to make a perfect family movie. James Wan, just make me malignant too. Okay, that's what I want. Fuck yes, man. <laughs> I need to. I need to watch me more some malignant. I've been feeling it. I've been feeling it like it's time. Been a minute. Yeah. Oh. Okay. But Aquaman. yeah, I just. Mm. I love the fact that they gave Amber Herm Amber Heard one frame. 
yeah in the trailer that was i mean he's like married and has a kid but they never showed her right i know like in the trailer at the house so i i don't know i guess she like abandoned him he's a single parent but they showed her one frame and the man people took that shit already they grabbed and they're like here's amber heard (laughs) that was your takeaway from this three and a half minute epic ass trailer was the one frame of amber heard punching a window yeah problematic problematic actors in superhero films this is like this problem these studios are trying to navigate and they don't know how they didn't know how to promote the flash because of ezra miller like it was hard to promote so they just made it all promoted around batman yeah loki season two has you know little bits and pieces of kang here and there but he's not as featured as he would be if he did if jonathan majors was having all those problems yeah and and now we see amber heard in like one second of the aquaman 2 trailer like she's in there but we don't want to talk about her so don't ask us about her um well then but the thing is is they're in it because like i think jonathan majors is in like six episodes of loki season two so like he's going to be part of that show they don't want to show him in the trailers but he's he's going to be there so surprise if you have a jonathan majors problem you might have a loki 2 problem yeah they don't want you talking about it until you start watching the episode be like all right this is good i'm gonna watch it even though (laughs) like we're not gonna put him in the trailers all over the trailers but he's in there heavily but uh definitely not promoting it like i said the way they would yeah i think Eh, crazy crazy yeah i don't give a shit about any of that but um it is what it is um but yeah, Aquaman 2 trailer. I can't remember the subtitle for that movie, so I'm going to keep calling it Aquaman 2. King of the Seas. Fish King Man. Fish King Man. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. So Aquaman 2 comes out December 20th. Let us know what you thought. Hit us up on social media. At Raise the Geek. We're everywhere, and we would love to talk about some Aquaman 2 with you. But we'd also love to talk with you about, because I want to talk to Don about it, because he just watched this trailer before I hit record, so I've we I know nothing about his thoughts. Aquaman, I could guess, mm. I couldn't even guess for this one. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake, came out in 2020. We've been waiting for a couple of years. They said it's a three part game. Been waiting for part two. Trailer dropped earlier this week, as well as a release date of February 29th. So leap day. Nothing nothing counts on Leap Day. <laughs> Real life is for March. <laughs> February 29th, 2024 is the release date. Don, hot take, rate, fresh, fresh impression. What do you think of that trailer, man? Uh, put it in my veins. <laughs> <laughs> that trailer is straight hype. Yeah. Like just, and what was funny was like, before I watched the trailer, I was just like, I just got done with 16. Do I really need more Final Fantasy? And like, my brother-in-law is sending me texts and he's like, hey man, this game's a hundred hours long. And I'm like, fuck, hundred hours. You still got five months. Yeah, I'm just, but I'm still just sitting there like, man, that just seems so massive. Maybe I'll skip this one. I said that before Final Fantasy 16. And then I played that demo and I immediately pre-ordered it. No way in hell I'm skipping this game, but because it just looks amazing. I want to ride a Segway as Cloud. It reminds me of, and I don't know if you played it or not, but did you play Final Fantasy 13? Uh, that's the one with Lightning. Lightning? No, that's the one I skipped. I love that game, but mm-hmm. it's very linear and kind of just like tells a story. It's kind of like 16 was. You had a couple open areas, but for the most part, you kind of were on a straight path. 
um, which I enjoy that style of Final Fantasy. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not the biggest open world person. I have ADHD. I get distracted and then I do too many side quests and get lost and then I never come back. But this, when they hit Final Fantasy 13 2, it was like this massive, like different style of game. They were like, hey, you guys complained about the linear. Here's the open world. And it felt like it was like a bigger game. And that's really what this looks like. It looks like, I mean, you had chocobos climbing mountains with their claws, riding segways and dune buggies, playing video games. I mean, it was like a Yakuza game there. You're playing Rock'em Sock'em Robot and darts, um, mm -hmm. going bowling. Sure. Like but, the, the return of the mini games. But, but then Final this Fantasy just is known for epicness of the idea of it's a two disc ps5 game the first one i have to buy this game physical i've been buying all these games digital my last couple final fantasies have been digital just because i don't want to wait to go get them the next day this one i feel like with two discs i just they're putting it all on the discs instead of making you download shit and then is this now it started as a final fantasy 7 remake we've really stepped away from what final fantasy 7 that story was and there's there's been kind of some rumblings that this game is actually like kind of a stealth sequel slash reboot slash and by the end of this trailer spoilers but ch watch check this trailer out at the end of this trailer they're talking about timelines converging mm -hmm. so are we converging with the original final fantasy 7 timeline there, i don't remember timelines in final fantasy 7 it's been a minute Yes. But I don't remember timelines converging and Sephiroth questioning who he is and what he is. And at the end, when they said that, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Are they going to meet up with their PS1 counterparts? Yeah, that'd be something. That'd uh, be really something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be. Like you just said, it's been a while. For since. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, there's a lot of stuff about that game. I'm sure I don't remember like you know all the stuff with cloud and his early days and the the i was like oh yeah he he did there was part of that game where you were like fighting with sephiroth also how many times did they say sephiroth in that trailer like a hundred and they always say seph it's sephiroth my whole life i've been saying sephiroth and that's how i'm gonna keep doing i don't care if it's wrong that was that was that was the curse of like back in the day before voice acting video games i mean we played final fantasy 7 with no voice acting yeah, we were watching cutscenes with no voice acting. You just watch the animation, and when those when those emotional beats hit, they hit hard, even without the voice. <laughs> yeah, but we're reading all those names, and yeah, we put that. So we were always Sephiroth, Sephiroth, Sephiroth. So yeah, when they say it, yeah. Seph, Sephiroth, like I'm like, feels weird. Right. Yeah, we're the same guys who called Guile Gully for our, our entire lives. And Street I Park. still struggle with calling him Guile. I, I still call him Gully. Yeah. I don't call him Guile because yeah, you just see these names and you say them how you your eight year old brain says them, and he looks like a gully anyway. But yes. anyway, yeah, this game, this game, of course, I'm gonna buy right away. Um, loved the, loved the first part. Um, my stupid self, I don't know why for uh, the longest time I just when this was originally announced and I knew it was gonna be three parts, I just assumed it was gonna be like here's part one, here's three months, here's part two, just to like get you through it and like. Dude, how many years has now been since the first one came out? Like two or three years? Like the first one came out in the fall of 2020. So like September 2020. And this one's coming out in February of 24. So yeah, almost yeah, so almost four years, three and a half years. It's way too 
way too long. It's like, well, yeah, like I just said, I thought these were kind of gonna gonna kind of be like consecutive releases to get you through the game, and they it's almost been. it's almost like you have to not necessarily replay the first one, but you could because it's been that long. Um, one thing I am worried about is the leveling. Like I, I read somewhere you're not going to carry over your levels from the first game. Like it doesn't carry over saves. So that's kind of a bummer. It's like, what did I do all that work for? Like we're in the same story. I should have my levels and everything I learned and don't re don't reteach me the basics. I guess you can, cause I probably will forget them, but it's like, you know, that learning curve at the beginning of a game where they got to show you everything. You're like, you're going to show me everything again. Ugh. But I don't know. I guess I'll kind of face that complaint when we get there. Maybe. But the game looks amazing. The game yeah. looks amazing. Maybe they'll go the Jedi Survivor route, which you played yeah. Fallen Jedi, and you learned all of your, like, techniques of, like, double jump and, like, all of these, like, dash jumps and all of these, like, Jedi skills to, like, solve the puzzles. And I haven't played it yet, but I was when I was reading reviews when Jedi Survivor came out, they said you start that game with all of that stuff and you learn new skills that help you through this game. So then it's like you do, even though they don't bring your save over, you're not starting all of a sudden the same Jedi, but with no powers all of a sudden, you know, or finding a reason to take all your powers away. So you have to relearn all of them. That's always the worst when you play a game and you're super powerful for the first, like up to the first boss, and then you lose your powers and then you have to like repower up. I always hate that because you feel so good. They make you feel so good in that opening. And they're like, this is what you could be like by the end of the game. But you got to work for it. And you're just like, yeah. oh. no, um, so you yeah. gave me a taste. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it's something along those lines Yeah, where you're kind of like got something. I know they said if you they, if you have a save for remake, they have something special for you. But I don't know mm. what that means. So we'll see come February. But yeah, and, um, and you I'm said good. it. But my question to you. Did that make you want to replay remake? Not necessarily. I mean, yes and no. Yes, because I mean, I was pumped for that couple minutes. I was watching the trailer like, yeah, but no, because I have too many other things to play (laughs) and uh, too many other new things to play. I've I've already played through it, but, you know, never say never. Uh, I can't say that as it gets closer, maybe I won't dabble again. I still think I didn't. I never beat the Yuffie. uh, extra little dlc there's still some of that left for me to do too so we'll see um throughout this journey last question and then we'll get to ahsoka for the people mm, who are screaming at their we promise we promise we promise but has throughout this three years this journey you obviously haven't done it yet but have you thought about going back and trying final fantasy 7 what do you mean the original one like to see the story, to see the changes, to see the difference. I can't say it hasn't crossed my mind, but I've never probably been really close to doing it. Just and I don't, I don't even have the means to do it. I don't even know how I would find that game to play that game. Right now, it's you can play it on your phone. <laughs> well, right, yeah. Um, so yeah, it would just be a matter of grabbing it someplace. But yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, why have you? I've thought about it. I've started that game tons of times and even remake i've restarted a couple times i've played through i think that game almost to like halfway through the second time when the when the integrate dlc came out i started replaying the original game to get ready for the dlc once it hit ps5 because i played it on ps4 originally so i 
dabbled with the PS5 one, but yeah, I've thought about it, but I just haven't done it. Sure. Anyway. Anyways. Let's talk about Ahsoka. Part 5, Shadow Warrior, now streaming on Disney+, and was shown in theaters the night of release for the people who were able to get tickets. The very simple description that I have in front of me for this episode is as follows. Ahsoka confronts her past while Hera and her allies undertake a rescue mission. Mm-hmm. So, in a nutshell, that is what happened in this episode. Yes. We were coming off of chaos across the board where we had Morgan and uh, Balin Skull and the bad guys trying to find the coordinates and the map to where Admiral Thrawn is so they could do their take their Hyperloop halo and jump across galaxies to find Thrawn. And we had the good guys trying to stop them. And we had Ahsoka leaning really heavily into the fact of if we can't go, no one should go. And she was very in the camp of we need to destroy this map as soon as possible. And then you had poor Sabine who just wants to save her friend Ezra and doesn't necessarily want to do that. And we ended that episode with the badass Balin Skull conversation where he basically reached into her soul and laid it bare for her and forced her to uh confront that she really didn't doesn't have it in her to destroy it because she wants to save her friend and then they hyper jumped away and Hera's son with green hair said mom i don't feel so good (laughs) so that's where we were to pick up this up oh no sorry anakin came back because Ahsoka was dead and in the world between worlds. And then Anakin was just like, hello. And she's like, hello, master. But a little bit more questioning and less British. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we started this episode. So the hype was high for an Anakin-centric, more or less, with Hayden Christensen in his de-aged glory. De-aged Don. glory indeed, yes. What... What do you feel about this episode? And then we'll get then I'll get to the big question for yeah us. Uh, but just yeah. what'd you think, man? I had a good time. I had a great time. Spoilers, even. great time even. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers. Um, I liked the episode a lot. I did. Um, <clears throat> I was I was wondering how they were going to kind of follow up on the ending there and where they were going to kind of go. I know we were expecting then to see some conversation between um, Anakin and Ahsoka, knowing yeah. their their past and everything those two characters have done and like all on stuff we haven't watched, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But, you know, throughout Star Wars, there's a known relationship, heavy relationship between those two as master and apprentice. Uh, so I was I was hyped and the episode kind of delivered, even though. And this seems to be a theme we're talking about in all these. It's, you know, didn't hit me as hard as maybe it did some because I didn't live all that um, stuff. The 12 years of Ahsoka. Right. So I think being a Rebels watcher has probably, you've you've felt the payoff of this show, like episode one, episode two, episode three, the stuff with, you know, Ezra being live action just for a second, like his hologram and Sabine being around and Ahsoka and, and all this stuff from that you're seeing in Rebels and like the mural painted on the wall, that's all like fan service for Rebels fans. I feel like this episode probably served very heavily as fan service for the Clone Wars fan, yeah, which was a show that ran before Rebels much longer 
uh, had has more episodes and more seasons, and um, it's kind of like the if you're a big fan of Anakin, a lot of people are like, well, you got to watch Clone Wars. It's kind of his redemption from what people think was rough a rough time during um, the prequel movies. They kind of think he got a bad shake, a bad rap, and Clone Wars is kind of what made him into like more of a fan favorite. And this show, I guess, just you can tell in in these flashbacks and stuff, it's it's they're taking the Clone Wars and made it live action. And for fans of that show, this has to be awesome for you guys. It really has to be. Um, I can understand all the love and the hype and like people like I can't believe they did this. Thank you, Filoni. You you just made this Clone Wars dream fan dream come true. Like I'm just appreciating it in a different way. I'm just like, but I'm still appreciating it. But there's just this level of I can't appreciate it as much as maybe some because, you know, it's like if you or me were to take a, a favorite cartoon as a kid and see it brought to life as adults, it'd be different. It would feel different. Like I can be a nostalgia, but we just don't have that. Yeah. So that part kind of hurts. But I mean, the episode was entertaining. It was fun. I'm I'm still following it along. Like like I kind of said in our last episode about episodes three and four. It's kind of balanced for me, so I don't feel like I'm, you know, just an un- uninvited guest at a party, like a party crasher. I don't feel like that anymore. I feel like I'm okay. Um, I'm getting to know these characters just based on what's going on in this show. Not knowing everything kind of sucks, but I'm getting through it and still enjoying myself and still saying this show is really good. Um, so, yeah, I really like this episode. We can get into it more, but how did you feel about it? Um, very similar. I really liked this episode. Um, it definitely felt different than the first four. Um, I was wondering what was going to happen in this episode that was like, why does it need to be in theater? So I was expecting some really big like moments, which I don't feel like this episode really gave us like Admiral Thrawn returning like I expected. Um, that was your prediction. That was my prediction. I really thought we were going to see Thrawn somewhere in this episode, at least by the end. I thought we were going to follow that path, which we never did. That we never caught up with Morgan, Sabine, uh, Balin, we, no, none of them. We, we we stayed pretty much on this planet with uh, um, Hera looking for Ahsoka and Sabine and trying to figure out where where what happened. And um, Ahsoka was in the world between worlds for most of this episode. And that's where we spent a large chunk, which is probably a big deal. But just overall, this whole episode just felt bigger. And it was a lot slower than I expected it to be, but not in a bad way. And it's just like, like you said, not watching Clone Wars. There's a lot of stuff I know went right over my head. But they did it in a way in which... I felt like I still knew what was important. And like, I knew I was like, Oh, I know that's a big deal, but I don't know why, but I could still feel the emotion behind it. So like, I still felt like I was there, but yes, it does make you feel like you left out, missed out a little bit where I'm just sitting there like, man, I really want it to hit me as hard as when I went on Twitter afterwards and saw everybody. Sure freaking out and i was like oh my god that episode is bigger than i thought but it still Mm -hmm. felt big to me um yeah it was crazy um yeah i really i really enjoyed it um my big question to ask which we've kind of already touched on was did this episode still have impact without watching previous shows which we both said that it still did i still feel like by the end of this episode when ahsoka and a robot which i can't remember his name Dwayne wade or Dwayne Wade is let's, a basketball player. What's, what's the robot's name? Oh, Hugh, Hugh not, Yang. Not Dwayne Wade. Hugh not Yang. Dwayne Wade. Sorry. 
Sorry. <laughs> Wayne Wegg. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Yang is uh, his name. Okay. Um, when her, him and Ahsoka, the robot and Ahsoka, were in, they pinocchio themselves and went in the whale. And the whales can hyper jump, which I guess happened in Rebels, but I don't know how or why, but I still was along for the ride. But seeing the look on Ahsoka's face and just seeing almost like a calm over her after her experience in the world between worlds was really cool. And I felt that emotion, the music, the performances, like everything was so strong that even though I didn't fully grasp what that emotion really was, I still felt it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And to answer your your thing about kind of like why was this episode the one chosen to be in theaters? And I think you kind of mostly answered it is cuz everything did feel big. Yeah. Everything felt cinematic like uh maybe more so than the stuff previously on the show has felt like the sets were big, the 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 fights, the you know, Anakin and Ahsoka dueling with each other with lightsabers. I mean, that's theater level stuff um just the whales the, the whales on the screen you know big budget big movie film stuff yeah. so i can yeah. i can totally see them like yeah somebody at disney watch this episode and like we could put this one on a, the big screen and be and be cool with it um and just kind of it featuring anakin skywalker and his redemption tour mm-hmm. is kind of a thing that is happening yeah and um it kind of started in well it started in the clone wars cartoon and it's carried over kind of into obi-wan a little yeah, bit a little bit and and now this um i don't know it it kind of begs the question is anakin the most popular character in star wars at the moment at the moment i think he is but like maybe ever do people like that character that much now um it's hard to say because you look around and people just get excited whenever he pops up. Yeah. And it's so, it's so crazy how much hate he got during the prequel movies from people and they didn't like the performance. They didn't like the character. Um, so I'm kind of happy to see this redemption for him. Um, a guy who still wants to, to do it obviously all these years later. And I, I don't know. I like Caden Christensen as Anakin I, in this yeah. episode alone, him jumping back and forth between like, a teacher and a Jedi and he's got the kind eyes to then him kind of like turning on the Darth Vader stuff and, yeah. you know, being evil and profound. And you could tell on the dark side and just like his facial expressions when you can tell that's like Darth Vader you're looking at. It's just, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, just that stuff alone, I think justifies it being in theaters, just the Anakin of it all. I don't know. I I agree. I and let's yeah. let's talk about Anakin a little bit more as you as we dive into that. And I agree with you. Like I think seven years of Clone Wars probably endeared Anakin to a lot of Star Wars, you know, uh, hardcore Star Wars fans. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think of a better way to say it than that, but that's what I came up with. Yeah. Um. So I think that definitely helped. And then yeah, seeing the struggle that he had as Darth Vader for obi-wan before he really went full bad you know to kind of see that struggle with him dealing with obi-wan before he time jumped into being an older man in a couple years um i think was definitely another redeeming arc so i definitely agree with you on some of those those aspects but i really enjoyed the anakin scenes here 
Um, I know they were recreating a, a Clones Wars episode. I obviously knew that. And there were characters that people knew. And I saw on Twitter and people were like, oh, my God, Colonel Rex and other things that I probably got that wrong. But um, Rex, I think. it was still really cool to see the Clone Wars, knowing it was the Clone Wars, even without watching the Clone Wars. It was still cool to see that flashback and to have little kid Ahsoka. But still being adult Ahsoka kind of like in her body, like, why are we here and seeing the emotional impact of that war? And and as they kind of alluded to with that, with her just being always a warrior. And she was a Jedi, but a different kind of Jedi, you know, and I, you know, like I said, got all of that without watching the 12 years of Ahsoka history. And I really just thought Anakin kind of being that teacher because he was kind of, they were there in a memory, but he was still kind of like his present self in air quotes there of like, why are we here? What are we doing? And still trying to teach her and showing her what she needed. And almost like he was kind of like at the gates of heaven, you know, he's like St. Saint, Saint Peter, like kind of there being like, am I going to let you in? I don't know yet, you know. Uh, prove yourself. Prove yourself, or it's not your time yet, but I need to give you this wisdom so you can go back and do what's right. And it was just, it was done. I just, I was like captivated by it. And since you mentioned her, the, the, the young Ahsoka, shout out to Ariana Greenblatt, that actress. You realize she played baby gamora also i saw that tweet where it was yeah. like she was in barbie and baby gamora and yeah she just was in barbie and then she's young ahsoka and she's like baby gamora that's a good run for you know fans of nerd stuff uh, right um, that's, yeah. a, that's a one two three cast there of genre yeah yeah stuff most definitely but it was cool like i said i feel like it would have hit very hard and I, I, we'd, we'd probably be like, you know, weeping tears of joy if this, if Clone Wars meant something to us and we watched it, and then you get to see it like recreated in real life with Hayden Christensen, and he's wearing right. the costume and he's got the haircut, and it's like, come on, um, so yeah, you know, jealous of all y'all, hundred percent. This is the are... first time I've been jealous of the, the Star Wars elite. I never thought I would be right. No, usually we're here talking shit about right. Star Wars because it's just not for us. And this time, I'm like, man, I wish it was for me. Um, <laughs> now, this is the one that's really not for me, but I'm, like, loving it. It's really weird. The ones that were for me, like Obi-Wan, I was like, this sucks. Baby Leia with her little legs. <laughs> and this one, yeah. This one I'm just, like, in love with. Yeah. And it makes me want to watch all of the Star Wars. I just got done buying a bunch. I rebought the original six on blu-ray because i was like i only have dvds um i want the <laughs> in in that voice did you say in that yeah that's how that's why i told amazon i was like <laughs> i only have the dvds give me the blu-rays and amazon was give like, me okay. give me give me give me um haven't watched them yet because you know i don't sit still but regardless One day. yeah this like i said this whole episode was super cool i loved the fact that by the time we got to the end of this like and i read this somewhere on twitter so it wasn't something that i caught but i thought mm -hmm. it was very it worked for me where they were talking about by the end of this episode we started as i said when, when i started the kind of the recap or setting up this episode ahsoka was very like hey if we can't go no one should go destroy the map destroy the map destroy the map but that's not really the jedi way and by the end of this episode she kind of wasn't the jedi that is just about war she was like more of like 
an actual like real Jedi. And she was there like, hey, Jedis are here to help. Jedis save people. We worry about, you know, that's not, we're not going to sacrifice people to try to win. Our job is to save Sabine and Ezra. That's what we're going to go do. And we'll deal with everything else that comes out of that in the, uh, when it happens, when we need to worry about it, we'll worry about it, but we're going to go save Sabine and Ezra. And like, that wasn't the Ahsoka we've had this whole show. And, you know, her with Anakin, her seeing her past and her going through that, I feel like that's, that's spot on. And I just really thought that was really cool of just, because I felt that, but I didn't, I couldn't define, I couldn't put it into words until I read a couple like different people's takes on it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. man, that's spot on. That is so good. So in like video game terms, she basically leveled up. She leveled up. Yes. Okay. She's like an actual Jedi now, as opposed to just like a, warrior machine of war yeah mm-hmm. just a warrior jedi and because she was raised and trained during the clone wars so she was only there to like destroy sure. so that's what she knows is destruction and by the end of this episode she like said leveled up and it just i felt that that emotion i felt without knowing that even before i even read that after i read that then i was like oh shit that's right that's the emotion i was feeling when this episode ended I can dig it. I can feel that. Yeah. So it's just like, there's so many levels to this. And the more stuff that I read from like the star Wars, you know, purists and the people who know, and the people who watch that, who the show is for. And the more I read from them, I'm just like, man, this show is so good. (laughs) And just Mm -hmm. those little things that I get from them without even watching the show. So I can't even imagine if I grew up watching the show, you know, we were a little old to really be able to fall into clone wars when it's first started airing if we grew up with that shit and it was something where we were like 10 years old watching the fucking clone wars, I would be just, I could, I could feel it. Like I can feel that journey that they're on and it's awesome. It would be like for us, like an example, just I'm thinking off the top of my head, this one probably isn't the same, but like the X-Men cartoon growing up, if the first X-Men movie came out and they're like, guys, this is a direct sequel to the X-Men cartoon. Like, we're going to have all the same characters and all the same stories, and, like, it's just the X-Men cartoon, but live action. We'd be like, give it to me! (laughs) And that's that's what is happening right now for Clone Wars fans. And and with following your example, didn't you feel just the smallest portion when you saw Professor X and Doctor Strange in that wheelchair and the little music in the background? (laughs) Like, they gave you it for a second. But seeing Patrick Stewart as the Professor X that we do know, that is our Professor X because in he's the just orange wheelchair, in the in, orange floating wheelchair, yes, yeah. in in the like picture perfect floating yellow, wheelchair, yellow, yeah, and being yeah. that character mm-hmm. was awesome. That was the best part of that movie. Yeah, right. it might not be true, but it was <laughs> it was, it was awesome. Yeah, there were yeah, some Sam so. Raimi parts of that movie that which were awesome. So I can't like say just seeing Patrick Stewart cameo was the best part. Because Sam Raimi is a beast of directing, so they're talking about him for Secret Wars now. I saw that. I've, I've been seeing that. We'll see. I don't know if he's got the vibe for that. He's a little bit funky. I know, but I know. That's anyway. Other, that's a whole other conversation. That's not had nothing to do with Star Wars or Ahsoka. Yeah. Have you thought about watching anything else? Sure. 
like I said, I, I went in and, and looked at the episodes of Clone Wars and I was like reading through the descriptions. There's 150 episodes, so that's already hard enough. But like just reading through them, I was like, oh, that one sounds good. It's like, ah, oh, that sounds like a filler. That sounds like 25 minutes of filler. That's a side adventure. There's just too much. If there what? wasn't so much, I I might be able to. Like, I cannot commit to, I know there are 25 episodes, but do the math. 25 minutes times 100. Like, there's a lot of time that you're going to have to invest to, to get this experience. And I think it's, I don't know, maybe too late. My thought process in this mm-hmm. is I think I'm going to go through, because Disney Plus put up their, like, required watching for Ahsoka. And there's, like, 20 episodes across three shows. And part of me thinks I'm going to watch those and be like, Disney feels <clears throat> that these are like the key Ahsoka moments. And I'm really thinking that maybe I might start putting those on. Yeah, that's a lot less of a time commitment. Than... 20 at 20. It's not too yeah. bad. Yeah. Can get, get through a couple, you know, 20 days at lunch. I don't know. I'm it thinking also, I might go that way. Definitely through Star Wars. Like I said, Rebels, I did the first season of Rebels. I just need to kind of go back to it. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. always my struggle. I like to start shows. I, I rarely finish them. Well, even for a second during this, I was like, should I watch the prequel movies again? Because I haven't seen those in a long time. And I think I've only seen them all once. Maybe the first one I've seen more than once. Um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, so yeah. I was thinking, should I? It's, I don't know. Maybe one day when I'm really bored and I got nothing else to do. Right. Um, but who knows? So, yeah. I've, I've kind of been thinking of watching some of the older stuff. But that's just a good sign of that this show is good because it's making you think that stuff. Yep. You know, Mandalorian I liked, and it didn't make me think about doing that. Andor, I mean, Andor, I did rewatch Rogue One because of Andor. Yeah. But that show was really good. And like we kind of said in this episode, Andor and this show so far are like 1A, 1B right now for Disney Plus shows, I think. And they're almost interchangeable as to which one is 1A, you know? Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I love the fact that there's a Star Wars show that I cannot wait for Tuesday so I can watch it. And this might be like a hot take. This show is better than anything any marvel disney show right I, yeah i can i can <laughs> i'd have to sit and really think about it and really think about the marvel shows but not not to like compare them or like yeah. say because i know they're two totally different things but like some people are like oh disney plus put out puts out weak stuff not not this time man this this is good this is mm-hmm. like this I think they're starting to realize this could be like a subscription seller. They're like advertising it all over the place. You know what I mean? Um, I saw like an ad for for Disney Plus one ninety nine a month or something at at an introductory price, and uh, Ahsoka's all over that thing. So I think they kind of know what they got. Um, they definitely know what they got. It's been really good. Yeah, I mean, it's the first Disney Plus show to get shown in theaters. They know what they got. Yeah, yeah. They know that, and 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 I bet you that they don't talk about these numbers, mm-hmm. but I can guarantee you that they're good. Yeah. So they know what they got, and that's why they're pushing Ahsoka as hard as they are. Even the 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 bashers of you know whatever wokeness or that they've been really quiet on this show, unless you really are in bed with them. 
usually they still pop in my feeds just because of Star Wars or Marvel, and I'll still see little bits, and I try to block as many of them as possible, but I rarely, I came across one once, like, during the second episode of Ahsoka, so, like, even they're quiet. Good. Keep them quiet. Keep yeah, exactly. them quiet. <laughs> Keep them quiet. I don't like them making money being negative. Yeah, to make yeah. money being positive. Be a beacon of positivity in this world and make money doing that. As we bash like half the things we talk about. <laughs> We're not bashing today. In a fun way, guys. In a fun way. Not yeah. negatively woke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Ahsoka, episode five, or part five. I wrote down the name somewhere, which was called Shadow Warrior, was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I really kind of almost want to watch it again. I've watched, I think I've watched every episode of so far twice of this show. I'm digging it. I am here for more. I have a feeling we're going to continue talking about it because we are enjoying the hell out of this show. And what else are we going to talk about? It's not Halloween month yet. We're working on our spooky season stuff. That's coming. In the works, pre-production. Pre-production. What kind of horror? And let us know. Any scary movies you want us to talk about? Last year, we talked about Hocus Pocus 2. Do you want us to talk about that again? <laughs> we'll talk about it again. We don't care. <laughs> Let us know. And, if, and I mean, if you don't tell us, then we don't know. So hit us up on our socials at Raise the Geek. YouTube at Raise the Geek. Spotify, Raise the Geek. Raise the Geek at Gmail. Type in Raise the Geek, and I'm pretty sure we pop up now. So definitely hit us up. Let us know if there's anything as we're coming in real rapidly hitting October, which is fucking insane. We'll hit October about to be halloween we want to talk about some scary shit so give us some scary shit to talk about reach out give us a helping hand Mm -hmm. don final thoughts ahsoka part five shadow warriors or aquaman 2 frazier final fantasy anything we talked about today no i think we covered everything pretty well been enjoying ahsoka pretty pretty much a lot so that didn't make sense what i just said pretty much a lot but much a lot. I've been enjoying it pretty much a lot. So then yeah, we're good. I think we need to get out of here and play some Remnant and try to kill the undying king. Nobody knows what that means. Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> There's someone out there that's like, hell yeah, I play Remnant. <laughs> they know about the Ash King or what's the Fallen Ashes. I don't even know the subtitle of that game, but I played the shit out of some Remnant. 16 hours into that game. We played, some, we put some hours into Remnant. So let's crickets, crickets. I know. Let's go put some more (laughs) in. Let's go put some more in. So, so we can go do that. It's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all for checking out. So, for Raise the Geek, I am Chris. And I'm Don. Got your line there, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak.